Hey everyone, Marv here. Before we get started with this episode, let me set the context. I had the privilege of volunteering at the massive Habitat for Humanity build in the Edmonton area during the week of July 10th. This was the second largest Habitat for Humanity build ever anywhere in the world. It occurred to me this must be a big safety challenge, so I put this episode together to help you understand how they handled it. Enjoy! Welcome to another informative episode of the No Harm Health and Safety Podcast. I've been President of the United States, as some of you may know. I think all of us Habitat workers need to realize that God calls people who are willing to work and not particularly those who are highly qualified. And then God makes sure that once we accept His call, that we are given the qualifications that we need. Is anybody here who does not know where to get your safety glasses and helmet? No Harm is the podcast for health and safety professionals like you. We're here to help you sharpen your professional skills and better understand emerging issues. Hi, I'm Jim Trillin, and I am the Director of Construction for Habitat for Humanity Edmonton. Leadership, it starts at the top. Everybody underneath them is going to follow what leadership does. So if I walk through my shop or I walk through my site without my PPE on and setting an example, then uh, my workers are going to see that. So it's leadership, if I really had to say one word, and then how it dives down to the secondary leadership and, uh, and so forth, all the way down to the volunteer. Sounds like a great topic. Let's get started. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the No Harm Health and Safety Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Marvin Polis. Now, for this episode, we have something pretty, pretty unique. We are at the Habitat for Humanity build in Edmonton, Alberta. And this is a special Habitat for Humanity build because this is the President and Mrs. Carter Habitat for Humanity build, and they happen to be here today. So what we're going to do for this episode is we're going to listen to some of the remarks from President Carter as he addressed the many volunteer workers before the work got started this morning. And then we have some interviews. We're going to talk to some people from Habitat for Humanity. So we'll give you some idea about the good work that this organization does. And of course, since this is a health and safety podcast, we are definitely going to talk about health and safety and how all of that is managed here at Habitat for Humanity. The work is not only going on here in Edmonton, but also in Fort Saskatchewan, which is, of course, uh, one of the communities surrounding Edmonton. So this is a huge project involving about 1,200 people. So first off, let's listen to some comments from President Carter. That's a good way to start the morning. Is anybody here who does not know where to get your safety glasses and helmet? I think all of us Habitat workers need to realize that God calls people who are willing to work and not particularly those who are highly qualified. And then God makes sure that once we accept his call, that we are given the qualifications that we need. I've been president of the United States, as some of you may know, and, 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 and I know how important having wisdom as judged by God is. But God gave Solomon this wonderful gift. How would you like to have a gift like that? I would say that everyone here is given the same gift by God that he gave to Solomon. There's no one here who can't decide what you want in life. We have a question to ask ourselves. What kind of person do I want to be? Do I want to be 
stingy or generous. They want to be filled with love or animosity and hate. They want to be caring about other people or not. As we evolve as a human being, each one of us has complete freedom to decide what kind of person I want to be. We can look at ourselves now and see what kind of person we've become. Assess what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. But God lets each one of us decide what kind of person I want to be. I think most of us would be proud of ourselves because we volunteer to build habitat houses, right? That's, that's part of it. But I think all of us need to look at ourselves and say, have I measured up to a high enough standard? God gives us a chance, if we wish, to be happy, to have a full life, to have a successful life in every way, and to serve others. This is a message I want to bring to you this morning. Work hard this week. I'll see you on the work site. Definitely some inspiring words. Now, let's talk to some of the people from Habitat for Humanity. Let's go to those interviews now. All right, well, I'm on the construction site now, and with me is Alfred Nikolai. He's the president and CEO of Habitat for Humanity Edmonton. Now, Alfred is going to fill us in on what Habitat does. Where are we today, and, and what's going on here, Alfred? Well, you know what? I think most people in North America have heard of Habitat for Humanity, and number one, they, they think that there's some connection between President Jimmy Carter, or former President Jimmy Carter, and, and Habitat, and it's absolutely true. He wasn't the founder of Habitat for Humanity, but for the last 34 years, he's been going to one different country uh, for a week, and we call it the Jimmy Carter Work Week, and helping build homes and hope for families in, in that country. And we're just so blessed, we're so grateful, we're so excited that in 2017, uh, the Carters, and he brings his wife Rosalind with him, um, have chosen Canada for the 2017 Carter Work Project. And we here at Habitat for Humanity, Edmonton, I mean, face it, we're proud. Half of the 150 homes we pledged to build are going to happen right here in Edmonton for Saskatchewan, built by Habitat for Humanity, Edmonton volunteers and, and corporate donors, etc. And so I think that's a pretty good thing to showcase for our community and for the companies that are helping us. Wow, this is really inspirational stuff. Now tell me about Habitat for Humanity. What's your mandate and how do these, how do these houses get built and, and who's it for the benefit of? The basic need out there is that there are folks that are working. No matter where in the world, they're working, they have a job, but they live from month to month because their cost for their shelter, their cost for their roof over their head, uh, consumes 50, 60, 70 percent of their paycheck. Those types of people are absolutely uh, struggling from month to month because they pay too much rent. What Habitat does is we help them in a dramatic way. We tr transfer their rent payment into a mortgage payment so that they own their home. These 58 units that we're building here at the Carter Work Project in South Edmonton. Each of these families will own their home. The huge thing is, is that their mortgage payment will only be 25% of their gross income as opposed to 60 or 70%. And that gives our families a disposable income. So that's the first way we help families. The second way we help families is that those monthly payments 
they get to keep eventually because when they sell the house, they have equity. They're not thinking about living from day to day anymore. They're thinking about building a better future for their children. Now, in order to make all of this happen, it takes an incredible amount of support. And my goodness, the number of people who are here today is, is amazing. And I know there's a build happening in Fort Saskatchewan simultaneously. That's all part of this project. Now, here in, in Edmonton, in southeast Edmonton, I see, you know, my friends at Lafarge are here, out at, uh, at Fort Saskatchewan, my, my friends at Shell. Tell me about the corporate sponsors and, and the labor that they bring into these projects on behalf of Habitat for Humanity. Habitat for Humanity could not do what we do without, number one, the, the, the loving hands of volunteers. And so volunteers actually build their homes. We don't pay for any labor. And to me, you know, that spirit of neighbors and neighbors is why, you know, it, 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 why it works. But no matter how many hands we get, it still takes money. And so we depend on, on donations. What we really depend on is the corporate sector. Companies like Lafarge, companies like Dow, companies like Shell, that have the ability to help us uh, with a financial donation. We absolutely depend on them. But the difference between getting a donation from those companies to other charities is that we don't just want the check. We want the commitment of the whole company. And that's why, you know, today on this site, we have, I don't know, there must be 20 people from Lafarge on site. There must be 20 people from Dow on site. And, and others as well, many yeah, others. Absolutely. You know, so all of our corporate sector, we just say, look, we appreciate your money. We need your money, but we also need your 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 commitment from your staff that you know what we're we're doing this in partnership now put this into perspective for our listeners between edmonton and fort saskatchewan how many people are volunteering for this project this week we have 1200 volunteers between the two sites every day for five days just imagine you know every one of those volunteers needs tools they need the right building materials at their house and they need direction so that they know what they're doing. But if you have those three things, you know, you have tools, you have materials and you have direction, you can build a house. And this site and the site in Fort Saskatchewan will be absolutely transformed in five days. You won't recognize either one of them five days from now. Wow, this is amazing stuff. And there's so many people here on site in Edmonton and Fort Saskatchewan, like you've said. It must be a really complex job keeping all of these people oriented and safe. So what do you say I talk to Jim about what it takes to do that? Absolutely, and Jim is the right person. You know what? We, we tell all our volunteers the first priority is, is, is to have a safe day. The second priority is to have a fun day. And the third priority is to help us build a house. And so safety is always our number one priority. And we're proud here at Habitat Edmonton. I think we do it really well. Fantastic, well said. I'm going to talk to Jim now. Great. Okay, and with me now is Jim Churlin. He's the Director of Construction for Habitat for Humanity Edmonton. And uh, Jim, we want to talk about safety on the site. Tell me about your safety program. Our safety program, uh, we have a complete program recognized by the ACSA. We have our CORE, which is a Certificate of Recognition. CORE is a uh, audited system every year which uh, ensures that our system stays in place. We must pass this in order to maintain our core every year. Habitat for the past six to seven years has been a member of core and we have passed this in either the high 80% or the high 90% mark. 
which is which is quite remarkable for a volunteer-based workforce. Now, knowing that uh, many of our listeners are health and safety people, can you dive down into some of the nuances on that program? Leadership. It starts at the top. If 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 your top guy is not adhering to a program, then your everybody underneath them is going to follow what leadership does. So if I walk through my shop or I walk through my site without my PPE on and setting an example, then uh, my workers are going to see that. So it's leadership. If I really had to say one word, and then how it dives down to the secondary leadership, the third tier, and uh, and so forth, all the way down to the volunteer. The other thing is consistency, is keeping a consistent program. It is safety, and this is our program, and we do not alleviate from it. Now, at each of the houses that are being built today, I'm assuming there, there is a leader, and one of the jobs, one of the very important jobs of each of these leaders would be to keep the volunteer crews safe. Tell me about this. Yes, it is. So we had our safety orientation yesterday. We had our safety, our general safety talk this morning. And uh, we explain to the house leader what their real role and responsibility is. They are to take care, they're the one tier to take care of the volunteers of many tiers. So every house has a flaw, a field level hazard assessment. And what this flaw does is it identifies what the, what the hazards are and what the tasks, where the tasks are, what the hazards are associated to them, and what uh, controls we need to put into place in order to alleviate those hazards and keep people safe. If you, if you recognize where the issue is and you talk about it, then it's on people's minds. That's what our flaw does. And of course, you really sensitized everybody here today to what's going on with your safety talk this morning. So summarize, please, if you don't mind, the message of your safety talk. The message is to make everybody aware. You, you need to be aware of what your surroundings are. If, uh, if, if you're not aware of them, you're not going to be conscious of them. I talked about open excavations. I talked about slippery mats. I talked about weather. I talked about uh, keep watching your, your, your co-worker and seeing how they're doing, staying hydrated. Uh, these are all things that you may overlook if, you're, if it's not on your mind. But if we've talked about them and then we talk about them again on site, and our flaw has to be, be re-entrated uh, three times a day. So if there's an addition to the work, we add it to the flaw consistency. That's what keeps people safe. Now all of the people here are volunteers and I would suspect that many of them have very little if any experience in the construction industry. So how do you handle PPE? Well PPE is mandatory. Uh, we have in stock all of the hard hats. We supply the boots. We supply the, uh, the safety glasses and the high visi vests uh, which are not prevalent to this, this event but uh, that's how we manage that is that we supply it. Uh, it's one of the things that uh, we've decided as an organization that we can't rely on people to bring. Uh, it keeps us consistent. So really it's a take-no-chances approach on PPE? Absolutely. Jim, what advice do you have for organizations who often see visitors or volunteers on their industrial sites? Safety takes time, but it's well worth the time of doing. And, and, and you need to implement it and continually to implement it. People say, you know, I don't have to do this on another site. You can't take that. You, 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 not on our site. When you walk through our gates, you, you enter a different world. And you need to enforce that. Uh, if somebody comes in on site and they don't have it, you need to talk to them and pull them off to the side. You, you're going to need to police it gently. The people will resist safety because it's, I don't have time for it. And it's expensive. And it doesn't apply to me. I will be safe. You can't alleviate from the program. 
that's the one advice that I could say to, to people is don't stop. You, you need to keep and continue leadership. Starts with leadership. How do you then do a respectful intervention? You know, I've had a few safety coordinators and I've had some that are very regimental and you, you, can't, you can't have a scolding. It's a, it's a teaching role. It is an understanding role and a teaching role. And the understanding role is you have to have them understand. And, and uh, you can't just police it and push people off to the side. Uh, it, it's not that type of role. It is a gentle role because safety 10 years ago wasn't what it is today. And people will balk the system because I didn't have to do it before. Why do I have to do it now? But the world is changing and we're keeping our people safe. Splendid. Any final thoughts, Jim? You know, for everybody who's listening to this, it uh, starts with leadership. You need to set an example and you need to teach your managers and your workers uh, why a safety program is relevant to everybody. Well, fantastic. Thanks for joining me, Jim. I know you're a very busy person. This is such an amazing Habitat for Humanity build here in the Edmonton area with President Carter and Rosalind Carter. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Best luck. Definitely some great thoughts from Alfred and Jim. We've really learned how corporations and, and other sponsors really come together to make projects like this work, and it really benefits the community as a whole. Now, to end off this episode, let's hear a few more inspiring thoughts from President and Mrs. Carter. So this is a wonderful chance for me and Rosa to come back again. This has been, uh, I think, the best prepared uh, work project we've been in yet. It's obvious how much work has been done before we got here. Uh, Jim gave us a tour this morning uh, when we got through the uh, morning worship service, and uh, we were very impressed with what's been done here. I believe that this uh, project in Canada is our second largest in the world, with 150 homes being built in one week. It's really a gratifying thing for us, and more we get more out of every project than we put into it. But we're really proud and happy to be here. And I, I want to say one more thing. I have great admiration for this country. And I can see why people would want to live here. The second most country that people want to come to, I think it ought to be the first. <laughs> we have such um, a great welcome. People are so good. And I thank you, everyone in Canada, for welcoming people to your country and caring for them. Thank you. We put a lot of sweat and you know, work in, into it. It's very hard work sometimes and, and ch challenging. But we've never been to a project that we didn't come home and say that was the most wonderful experience we've ever had. We get emotional sometimes when we give a Bible and a, and a key to a homeowner that never has had a decent home before in life. Sometimes we, we shed tears all around the entire group. What would we do if we didn't work on the things we lo love and enjoy? One day I asked Jimmy, when are we going to retire? He said, what are we going to do? Just sit here and do nothing. <laughs> and so we ha kind of have that attitude about it because the things that we're interested in are so important to us. Thanks for tuning in to the No Harm Health and Safety Podcast. Be sure to join us next time by subscribing to us for free on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. While you're there, please leave a rating or review. It helps others find us. And hey, be sure to tell your friends and colleagues who can benefit from our podcast. The No Harm Health and Safety Podcast is a production of Stimulant Strategies and Stimulant Media Productions. You can learn more about us at stimulant.ca. All the best, everyone, and stay safe.